The Conspiracy Podcast contains adult language, suggestive themes, sexual situations, and discussions of some pretty horrific events. Basically, all the good stuff. Thanks for listening. Welcome to Conspiracy, the podcast where we discuss conspiracies, cults, sex, paranormal, rock and roll, drugs, <laughs> not really, not those, none of that. Nope. <laughs> we cut the drugs out. And um, this no, we week, don't. I think we're talking about murder. I'm not sure because it's a surprise for me. Yeah, Liz has no idea what we're talking about. She's this actually week. blindfolded right now. We put her in a separate room. You know, like those dating shows. She's like blocked by oh, a wall. Oh yeah. I'm also in a sex swing. Yes, but that was just for fun. And I'm drinking a pumpkin chai tea and also an alcoholic Starbucks lemonade. So <laughs> update is gonna last be fun. week. I'm still light. How's everybody's weeks? Um, pretty good. It's great. I saw it chapter two. It was oh lame. yeah, it was not lame. It was just. Not was there an orgy? Listen, I did get so scared that my icy cup that was completely empty, I jumped and hit it, and it went flying across. The <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Amazing! Did you hit someone? <laughs> I like I don't remember what part it was at, but like I just remember I was like trying to adjust to my seat, and I looked up and I went, "Oh shit!" And I was like, <laughs> hit it, and Sean was like, "What the fuck?" Was he scared too? Oh, and then there's a scene oh. which they played like this clip like earlier this year. It was like a scene orgy? with Jessica Chastain. Yes. Oh. Jessica Chastain's character Bev is she like know if there's an orgy. in her old apartment. Have you seen that? Oh yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, old lady. that scene gets and she's like creepy. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but no, it gets creepier. Because <laughs> she's like doing this. This is what she's doing. Like every time you see her in the background, she's like, it's really like really yes, freaky. Creepy old lady. And Sean scream. I mean <laughs> screamed. I I mean like everybody in the theater screamed, but Sean was like. And like ducked down and got really close to me. <laughs> <laughs> it and was you were like, yes, yes, Sean. I can't wait to see it. It was. It's like I said, Are the first together? is definitely better. We should. We should. I want to go. When are y'all going? <laughs> I Let's just go realized what you were doing. <sighs> so Liz is not only blindfolded and hidden behind a wall, she's also wearing a dog tag collar. Mm-hmm. Dog. Just call me which, bitch. <laughs> which says friends forever on it. Oh. I know. Every time I see it, it makes me sad. 
Why? Because I'm like, she's going to be dead. In oh, because decade. mortality? Yeah. Speaking of um, friends forever, are we going to get like matching tattoos? Yes. Eventually. Because yeah. we need to. Yes. Also, speaking of mortality, I bought this really good book. Um, it was a recommendation of my friend Nate. I'm pulling it up right now so I can tell you guys who the author is. But it is literally probably like one of my all-time favorite books i have like this crazy weird irrational fear of death stop okay so do and I. the afterlife and like if i sit and i think about like okay i'm 25 like my mom's 55 like oh my god i'm never gonna see her again what the fucking fuck like what's the book called um it's called from here to eternity and he recommended it to me because he also has like a weird anxiety well he has schizophrenia so he gets like Mm. really anxious about stuff sometimes um but i have like a very 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 strong i will panic and my face gets hot and red if i sit and talk about death too long really yeah so it's called from here to eternity by caitlin dowdy Mm mm-hmm and it just says traveling the world to find the good death. The cover's really cute. Ooh, I love nice. that. Yeah, so, that is a good one. <clears throat> she goes all over the world and in the United States to see how different people treat death. Mm-hmm. And it's like really cool. It actually has already helped me. She was talking about oh. this community in Colorado. I'm only like 22 pages in, by the mm-hmm. way. But she like went to this place in Colorado. Where a long time ago, um, an indigenous tribe bought a bunch of land so the mm-hmm. government can't do anything about it. But they actually, like, cremate people illegally. So what they do is, like, typically, you know, in America especially, we've, like, made death a big business. Mm-hmm. Like, it's all about money. Like, you have to pay to get the body to a morgue in a certain amount of time, pay to get them stuffed with chemicals, pay to get makeup put on it, mm-hmm. pay to put it in the ground, pay for a marble casket, like Such all this stupid stuff. stuff. Yeah, and just get some pigs and some wine and good to go. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Ew, gross, gross. Like, yeah, I can't, I can't. But anyways, in this place in, Cal- in Colorado, she was talking about this like service that she went to. And it was, like, a 72-year-old lady who was apparently, like, the freaking coolest person ever. (laughs) And her son was, like, really skeptical about it. And she was like, no, this is what I want. You don't want to come, don't come. But this is what we're going to do. And what they did for her is, like, they put her in, like, her favorite clothes. And they put her in this box, like, just a wooden box with, like juniper branches like everywhere rosemary all her favorite herbs like tea bags like all her favorite stuff in the box that was like burnable Mm -hmm. with her is that even the right word to use burnable flammable flammable (laughs) (laughs) um alcoholic starbucks (laughs) um so yeah they put her in the box with all this juniper and then in the book i wish i had it it's upstairs she put a quote from a famous writer who I'm forgetting, but it was talking about how if everyone could smell what juniper smells like when it's burning, then we'd be a peaceful place, like a more peaceful oh, place. Sweet. And so the sun actually lit the box on fire and all the people oh. were there and they were all just telling their favorite stories around like a campfire. Oh, but she gosh. was like the campfire and I'm like, <laughs> not okay. Oh. But 
It was so cute, and it lasted for 72 hours. Wow. And um, the lady that wrote the book stayed awake the whole time and just talked to the son, literally the whole time. Holy shit. About, like, death and, like, why okay. he's so scared of it and, like, all this stuff. And then afterwards, the her the lady's grandson opened up the box mm-hmm. and was, like, he took her femur and was, like, he put it on the fireplace. And I think that's really cool. I mean, that is kind of I mean, cool. it's kind of, yeah, it's like taking the ashes anyway, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And the only thing that was left was her watch. Mm-hmm. And it was stopped at, like, 417 or something. And it was the time they lit the fire. Oh, wow. That's interesting. I have goosebumps. Yeah. And the son is going to keep the watch. That's sweet. And now she's about to go to Indonesia. So I'm excited to see what they do. But, yeah, it's a really cool book. Huh. You guys should all check it I out like if it. you have weird anxiety about the afterlife and death and how we treat death mm-hmm. and stuff like I do. Oh, yeah. No, I've already told Kat that, like, I don't want to I don't want to be preserved. I no. don't want to be cremated. No. Like, I want to be – I saw Shipped this really – That. Um, <laughs> I saw this really Bye, cool ceremony. Actually, on um, if you guys ever watched Adam Ruins Everything. Mm-mm. Oh man, it's it's great for a person like me who just likes to know things, mm. and it's basically it's on True TV, which is you're like oh, mm. but my mom loves True TV. Yes, <laughs> but it's called Adam Ruins Everything, and he's basically just like oh, you thought you knew how this worked, well you don't. It's actually da 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 da, and that's like crack for me. So he does one on really cool though. He does one on death. And uh, it, it basically goes into, like, what you talked about, where, like, the whole oh death industry is basically, like, a way to make money. Like, it's like you, Big Pharma. Yeah. Like big casket. You, like, yeah, Big Casket. Like, you charge so much for these marble caskets or wooden caskets that I aren't mean, biodegradable. Life insurance is basically there to pay for funerals. Yes. Like. But they're so expensive. And it right. shouldn't be they're like so that. They're so expensive. Right. No, and, like, it shouldn't. And, like, you, they pump you full of chemicals to make you, like, preserved. And why are... And, and then afterwards, everyone's like, did you see what Aunt Linda wore to the funeral? Mm, shame. Her spinach puffs were burnt. Like, <laughs> it shouldn't be <laughs> like the that. She burnt spinach and um, And so they had a really beautiful ceremony in it where it was just, like, the body wasn't preserved in any way. It was just the dead body. And they wrapped it in cotton, like a cotton linen, because mm-hmm. the cotton's biodegradable. And they just like buried them in the ground, and I was like, "That's exactly. what I want." Or I was you like, can That's do. That's what I want. Th- now I think that I read something that was like, "You can be buried in a little pod that will eventually grow into a yes, tree." Yes, yes. I saw, and I yeah, literally I told that. someone who was I talking to. It might have been you. I was like, "Yeah, I can see you guys doing that, like you and mm-hmm. Sean both being trees." Yeah. Imagine <laughs> if, imagine if, like, there's Sean as, and Katie. As much oh as like as my my pastel goth self loves a cemetery. Like, imagine if instead of a bunch of, like, chemicals and stone We all became bits, trees. It was like a forest. Like a and that's like how old school. Like, that's the beautiful. older cemeteries, like the Oakland Cemetery, those, you know, yeah. weren't expensive-ass shit. Like, except for the big fucking yeah. catacombs. But yes. now it's like, oh, The ones where there's no, down. where there are no headstones, like, you know the reason there are no headstones is because it's so expensive. It's so like, expensive. Like, you can't even afford a headstone. So mm-hmm. here's just this little plot, like, this little plaque right here and some yeah. flowers. Like, you're never, like, that's you're never going to be able to find your, your, your person. <laughs> oh, there they are. Oh, no, that's not them. I think they're down oh, there, honey. They also do that because, um... It's easier for them to like mow the grass. Mm-hmm. They're like, can you make it convenient for us to make this look? That's nice? in the book. Oh, is it? Yeah, she was talking uh, about that. Yeah, Kat wants her body donated to science so she can be part of the body farm. 
in like Alabama or whatever it is. And then I was like, just, I don't want to be, don't want any chemicals in my body because like our, I mean, our bodies are just meat. Right. Our bodies are meat. We're uh, we're just, you know, a deer. Yeah, I don't need to be preserved. Bipedal. Yeah, I don't need. I'm good. Yeah, I just want to decompose naturally. As a, I want to give know, back to the earth. As the, the circle of life. Lord Satan intended. Let me feed the dirt. The Lord Satan. <laughs> Let me feed the dirt with my massive amount of caffeine in my body. And uh, it would smell like coffee. Potatoes. Where you were buried would just smell like straight up. It would smell like a Starbucks. in coffee grounds. Oh my god! I'll do it. It'll just be like a a bush. We'll get a bunch of grounds for your garden from Starbucks. (laughs) Scatter it. I love it. But it's Renee's birthday. Let's scatter grounds on her. (laughs) Don't think I won't. But you can't die before me because I won't make it. (laughs) (laughs) But I will probably because I'm the oldest. I will probably be the last one. Probably. Probably. That's stubborn. Yes, that would be the great least. irony. Well, I eat the most chicken nuggets, so I'm obviously <laughs> going first. I'm the one who wants to die the most, and I'll be the one who lives until I'm like 98. Everybody in on Earth is going to be dead, and Renee's still going to be dead. And Richard. Damn it. What Richard. is that going to happen? Richard can't wait to fucking die. <laughs> really? Yes, yeah. Because no, it's. That was a really nice combo, though. Sometimes I feel like um, we should just do an episode where we're just like talking about cool experiences mm-hmm. that we've had, and then we can like do different topics. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, this week. I'm so excited. We are, <laughs> this week we are talking about the murders at Glen Sheen Mansion. And this is like particularly like this was definitely sort of, I don't I don't know if vanity project is the right word, but uh, it was a little self-indulgent for me because it I'd happened. i never heard about it. <laughs> it happened in Duluth, Minnesota. Which is like right across Lake Superior from Superior, Wisconsin, which is where mm-hmm. my mom is from. Oh wow, so crazy! Yeah, and I've been to Duluth, Minnesota, like what? so many times. Yeah, have you ever gone here? No, I didn't even. Okay, <laughs> well, so apparently like, on the tours they don't really, yeah, even discuss any horrific things. So the reason I even like know this exists is because, um, not this year, but last year. When my mom and I went up to visit my grandmother, I had found out recently because I watch a ton of forensic files because that's who I am as a person. Mm-hmm. And I found out that there was actually like a murder in Superior, Wisconsin. It was like a lady who owned a gas station and she had been attacked by a hammer. What? what? Right. And it took like 15 years for them to get the DNA, for them to be able to test the DNA evidence. But then they found out that it was her son who did it. And I was like, oh my God, nah, we have to go see it. And <laughs> <laughs> so it's totally like raised now. It's just like an empty lot. But I made my mom go and find it with me. <laughs> so she mentioned it to one of her cousins this past May when we went there for my grandmother's funeral. And her cousin was like, oh, do you know about the Glensheen murders and my mom was like no because she had already when this happened she had already like moved to um Georgia I'm pretty sure because my mom moved here like when she was 18 like she turned 18 and she was like fuck this place going to Atlanta (laughs) that's where the jobs are (laughs) and she's been here ever since um for the most part so she was like, no, I have no idea. So her cousin kind of gave her the rundown of it. And then she bought the book, which I used as my research for this, which is called Will to Murder. Ooh. And then she let me borrow it. 
And I was like, well, since you let me borrow it, we should do it for a podcast. So then I dragged you two into it. So you're welcome. It's definitely an interesting story and very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Prolonged, I guess you could say. So much. <laughs> like, it's it's really like one of those cases where like you're like, oh, yeah, cut and dry. Right. It yep. really is. And then it's like, oh, Obvious. hold on. What? <laughs> Obvious. So um, the basics of it to so you're not you know so you know what's going on liz the basics of it is on june 27th 1977 elizabeth congdon um who was an aging philanthropist and um an heiress to a vast mining fortune sounds like jurassic park so far okay (laughs) she uh was killed along with her night nurse velma patella at Glensheen mansion that sounds like a clue name Velma Patella. Oh, it's very this clue-like. Whole, <laughs> this whole thing, like, none, like, the more you get into it, you're like, is this real? Like, this is oh my God, this I'm a ready. real story? Okay. So, so, with her night nurse okay. um, at Glensheen Mansion, which okay. was a beautiful manor right on the coast with of Lake Superior. Is it still standing? It is still yes. standing. You can Let's still go. go. You can do, do tours. tours. Yeah. But they don't. <laughs> Let's it's go. Not, but it's not, it's not interesting from what I've read. Oh, I'd still like to go it? see. I mean, like, it's interesting. Like, it's a, you know, it's a big place. But, like, they don't give you any graphic details or horrific yeah. details. They don't even tell you what they happened there. Because they don't want people to they're know. They're just like, look they at this beautiful They don't even want mansion. you to be triggered. But it is, like, a beautiful, you, lush All three of us place. would go and we'd be like, people were fucking Where's murdered here. Where's the blood? Yeah, I would just. <laughs> Where did it happen? Where's the blood? Where's I the blood? I would literally <laughs> bring a megaphone. I don't even know what happens yet. But I'm telling you now, I'm going to go. I'm going to, like, take my tiny mic. <laughs> I'm gonna be like, just go to the tour person. No, I'm like, excuse me, can I say something? Murder fucking happened here, guys, and it was wild. They kick you out instantly. Um, I think so. the reason is because they were like, because a lot of families go there and they don't want to, you know. Yes. Who cares? Whenever you go to like Savannah and St. Augustine, they tell you about all the people who were murdered yes. and kids are all in there. New Orleans. It would be so much better if people take their kids to New Orleans. Yeah, where I peed. I okay. I found out in public. I found out, like... Turn away, child. I found out that there are certain times of night in certain parts of New Orleans where taxis will not go. And it's not because it's an unsafe area. It's because... There have been multiple occurrences of ghosts getting who into don't lifts. Realize they're ghosts getting and into the car, getting yeah. into the car, and then they disappear before Hell they get to the no. location. I have, yes, let's go. When, <laughs> when let's when, go be a lift driver. Taxi drivers in New Orleans. Bye, everybody. When me and Kendall and Nia went to New Orleans, <laughs> yeah. for our swamp mayhem vacation. That's what Delightful. we called it. <laughs> I love that. We went to this drag show on Frenchman Street, which is mm-hmm. kind of like um, uh, what's that one street? Bourbon street oh yeah but not as like <laughs> ha ha he he commercial yeah but it's still like really cool yeah and we went um to this drag show like we got a piece of pizza we were really not sober <laughs> and we get in this uber to go back to the airbnb and she's like oh like what have you guys been doing here like she was like can i shake your hands and we were like yeah we love friends <laughs> like and we were totally wooing in the Uber, and we yes. like gave her handshakes, and then she was like, "Okay, I just wanted to make sure you guys were real." Uh. Yeah, and then she told us that like she's like a lot of her friends and people she knows from like Facebook, and also herself have mm-hmm. had like weird, or even someone will open the car door, yeah, and get in the car and shut the door, and then she'll turn around and they won't even be there. How? It's like what you were saying too, like 
or they'll get halfway to the destination and there's no one in the car. Yeah. How? But they're talking to someone that in the backseat. Uh, how do you? Yeah, I would give up at that city. point. I would like just it's totally. Like, I want to go so bad. I've okay. never been. I've well, never let's been. Go. I want to go. Let's go, I and I'll be sober with you. Okay. Um. I mean, because I, I, I mean, but okay, but it's not fun. You know, if we went, like, sober. it would be like we wouldn't do any of the like ghost tours. Like, we do our own ghost tour. We'd be no, like, let's actually, go. We'd be like, I where did, the vampires at? There's a secret vampire bar that I have a password for in New Orleans. Yes. Is it blood? No. It's scallions. Ooh, I don't know why I'm, I'm I so don't, tickled by that. I don't but. know why either, but it's like um Scallion. some it's like some random residential street, and it has one mm. red light bulb at the beginning of the street, not where the bar is, but at the beginning of the street. And then you walk down that street, mm. and then there's just like a person standing outside the door, and then you're like, and then they let you in. It's a vampire bar, and it's like Are actually people. That, it's people that drink blood that go to the bar. Mm-hmm. Fuck. Yeah. It was. The coolest thing <laughs> I've ever been to. So yeah, we should okay, definitely we need take to plan a, trip. a trip. It's not that far, and we should do like a, a couples thing. Okay, Richard, Sean, and Cat, do you hear us? <laughs> We're going to knowledge. Can you actually <laughs> hang out with us? I don't know why. Those y'all those, don't like us. Those three can just go they're, they're just and get simple. like drunk. Yeah, somewhere. you got fun bitches here. And then <laughs> what's wrong with you? The three of us will just be spoopy. Yep. Just these people. We'll be the like, yes! <laughs> they'll, be, they'll be at the Airbnb and they'll see us just, they'll hear us running down the street. Yes! We can, yes! we can, where to go sit? We can stay at the same Airbnb that I did. It was really, really affordable and it was Ooh. really cute. It was in like, a historic part of town. Mm. I think you probably saw my Instagram was post. It haunted? I feel like it was. Mm. And there was like a really cool loft, king size bed, and then there was like a queen size bed. It was like a wooden little apartment. I promise I won't and try it to was have in, orgies. I will. <laughs> and it was in a really old building. Yeah, and they were like, we're going to go sleep next door. I'm going to sleep naked. And it, I did Just let it happen. And it had like a big wrought iron fenced in balcony. Ooh. And it was the best. Okay. And it was only like 80 bucks a person. Did they film Coven in New Orleans? Okay. Yeah, the house. I, I saw the house. And I went to like LaLaurie's mansion. Okay, yes. And like, we're going. We need to plan this for like next year. Let's and I went it. to Nicolas yes. Cage's mausoleum. Yes. I okay. love that he has a pre-death mausoleum. Well, uh, there will be a podcast episode recorded in New Orleans next year. Yep. Re- recorded live from Nicolas Cage's mausoleum. <laughs> you might just hear us screaming ghosts a lot, but it's fine. <laughs> but there was, for real, one tour guide that was really cool, and I would recommend him. I have his info, so oh, we nice. can take his tour, because he was really informative, and he only takes small groups and he was wearing a kilt so oh, it was pretty cool <laughs> like, support our support our new england trip. <laughs> support our new england trip at coffee.com slash conspiracy slash i want beignets all, all right. day air day mm-hmm. we totally got okay. off track so. anyways okay. back to so glenshine so here's the glenshine yes. okay. manor or I'm mansion ready. so the basics of what happened velma patella was brutally attacked beaten and killed with a candlestick um, so clue. Okay. <laughs> yes. Leave. She was beaten so hard that the base of the candlestick left deep grooves in her skull. Like wow. when they were doing the autopsy. That's hard. And then Elizabeth Condon. Congdon. Um, she was a stroke victim, so she had had a stroke. I think a couple years before this happened, and it made it difficult for her to talk or wow. like move on her own. Like she was still very self sufficient, but that was why she had a night nurse. Like, she had a cycle of nurses who were there at all times. Um, so she was smothered in her bed, 
And investigators um, estimate it took between five to eight minutes for her to finally, like, die from, I think. What? I think when you're smothered, like, what you actually die from is, like, your heart stopping or, like. Yeah, it's uh, not an association yeah. if it's smothering. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, and Liz, she was smothered with a satin pillow. A pink satin pillow. A woman after my own heart. I do. Yes. The Kalea. And so when they, this is, this was weird. And this, for some reason, this really stuck out to me. But when they did the autopsy, like. The skin on her nose was rubbed loose. Ew! And so that means arms, she put up her probably a really yes. big struggle while she was getting yes. smothered. Yes, and her arms had, were like flailed out. That's what she so, did. so she did like probably put up a fight the entire time. That's so sad. Yes. So, I wanted. I thought we should start because since this is such like not a well-known story by going over who Elizabeth Congdon is yeah. and who the Congdon family was. Because right now all I'm literally picturing in my brain is a really old guy from Jurassic Park's house. Okay. Because he was that really old philanthropist. To be fair, she kind of did look like a female version of him without a beard. <gasps> like, to be fair. I'm telling you, it's Clue <clears throat> meets Jurassic Park. No it, dinosaurs no plus dinosaurs. tragedy. Yes. So, well... There was kind of tragedy in Jurassic Park. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that was like commercialism tragedy. Um, so basically, the Congdon family was super well known in Duluth, Minnesota. Mm-hmm. They there's how big is Duluth, Minnesota? Um, like how well known are we talking? I here? would say Duluth is slightly bigger than Athens. Okay, okay, okay. So it's yeah. like charming town. Yes. Famous. Okay, okay. It's so like it's so, like Roswelly. I. If I can wax philosophical about Duluth for a moment, it's so beautiful, especially when you're in Superior. Because, like, Superior is also, like, a of cute course. little yeah. small fucking town. It's, like, a little, like, north midwestern town where there's a bar and a Catholic church on every single corner. And then a really cool lake. <laughs> yes, an amazing lake. Um, And then when you're in Superior, Duluth is, like, up the mountain. Mm-hmm. So you can just, like, see it when you're yeah. in Superior. And it's all these beautiful old buildings and, like, ships. And it's very hipster for some reason. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of cool hipster places in Duluth. Um, so it is kind of like Roswell. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. 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 Interesting. I would, but it's it's a decent size. That's so cool. It's okay. a decent size okay. city. I need to get that in my head, like, what kind of town I was picturing. Yeah. Okay. I would say, like, 75,000 people. Okay, okay. So not tiny, but not, like, cool. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. So literally in Duluth, there's Congdon Park. Congdon Boulevard. Um, there's an elementary school named after the family, and then there also was a boat named Chester A. Congdon, who was Elizabeth's oh, father. Oh, okay. So everyone knows who she is. Yes, okay. and um, but it ended up crashing, and then they named where it crashed. They named it, I think, Congdon Bay, something oh. like that. So like the ship sounds like a water bay. park. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. They the super rich and basically her dad, but they're like new money almost because like her dad was poor and like worked to like basically put his money in iron ore exploration and agricultural land purchases and like the south and like the Yakima Valley in Washington. Gotcha. And so he made a ton of money with that, but like they were like the good kind of rich people because they put their money back into the community. Mm -hmm. So yeah, sounds like it. Yeah, so they heavily con- heavily contributed to the city of Duluth, and they put a ton of money towards purchasing land along Lake Superior, which um, went towards creating uh, what's called the Scenic North Shore Drive, which goes up Lake Superior from Duluth, like, all the way up to Canada, 
Egypta almost and it's gorgeous and I've driven oh, on it many times awesome. and yeah. it's, it's really pretty um I like it a lot <clears throat> yeah like I said I've uh, this is, hits a little close to the heart for me because I know this area. <laughs> That's so cool, though. That and, is cool. And then Glensheen, which is their massive mansion, like Katie said, with 39 rooms. Why did I name it that? Do you know? I remember reading it, but I don't remember. It's exactly just a really it interesting name. Yeah. I, th- I think it has to do with, like, their Irish heritage a little bit. Excuse me. What's the um, name of my cup? So... Typical lakefront homes in that time cost between like eleven and like sixteen thousand dollars to build. Okay. Um, Glensheen cost eight hundred and sixty-four thousand dollars back then. The back then, so which is like five million now. Well, right? thirteen <gasps> or oh. thirty. I'm sorry. Oh, they're saying with like all of the custom stuff they brought oh, in, okay. like the way they decorated it, and like all the furnishings and everything and like the wood they used to build and the marble and everything it would cost 30 oh million dollars today God, to build yeah so it's a beautiful house and like the way it's decorated is very like um it's very like norwegian and also like kind of arabic mm. at the same time oh my gosh, like, crazy yeah yeah, like, yeah yeah so it's very gorgeous it's not like the like, pizza hut guy's house what? The guy, that, <laughs> the guy that started no Pizza Hut. The guy that started Pizza Hut. He lives in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Oh, really? yeah, where my mom lives. Oh, God. And right now his house is for sale on Zillow. It's like thirty-seven million dollars. Jeez, oh, my and God. it's very like Arabic Frenchy. Um, so this is not even mentioning like uh the other houses like their assets they and stuff. Oh, well, my they gosh. owned other houses. Like they had a summer home that was like further north. And the, they had a different house in the same place. Yeah, like further north. It was like an hour and a half north That's of, nuts. of Duluth. And then they also had um, a house in Washington okay. State. So, yeah, they had a ton of money. I see. Basically. Ton of money. Um, and for one reason or another, like, no one really knows why, but Elizabeth never married anybody. Like, she definitely had, like, one, possibly two guys who were like interested in marrying her but she turned them both down lesbian um (laughs) but she did lead her entire life as a single woman and when her parents um chester and clara died she became like the sole person of glensheen and she's the only because she did have brothers and sisters um i'm pretty sure she was the youngest but she was the only member of the congdon family who lived at glensheen from her birth until her death Okay, gotcha. Which is interesting for, I don't know why, but it is. She did, however, adopt two daughters and named right. them Marjorie and Jennifer. And Marjorie Aww. was older. And I, she adopted Marjorie, I think, three years before she adopted Jennifer. Um, but even though they were adopted, both girls were basically treated like they were a biological family. Like, they got the same schooling. They took the same vacations. They had, like, the same sort of, like, investment into the Congdon Trust. Like, they were basically treated as if they were actually Elizabeth's, like, biological daughters. So there was no, like, stigma around that, despite what Marjorie would say later in life. But as it was, yeah, Marjorie. Good old Marjorie. Okay. Um, Speaking of, as a teenager, her behavior, like, at school and with her family um, got her labeled as a sociopath. Oh, and oh, she actually nice. spent some time in a mental hospital for it. Oh, but because Elizabeth didn't want 
any of like the public scrutiny mm-hmm. about it since her family was so well known. She kind of like paid the mental hospital for when uh, Marjorie was there and then just like swept it under the rug yeah. and let Marjorie wow. like continue with her life. Yeah. So she learned basically nothing from her right. experience. Yes. It's not what you're supposed to do, Elizabeth. And now look at you. Yeah. Sorry. Huh? <laughs> Elizabeth? Good old Marjorie Congdon. Mm-hmm. So, she, I mean, she basically was extremely spoiled and her mom kind of like gave in to whatever she wanted. So it was one of those things where like she never learned really like how to be a responsible person because her mom right. would constantly bail her out. And I'm not blaming Elizabeth for that because Jennifer turned out to be a totally normal person. Right. Like, Jennifer went, got a rational career, and married, and had children, and was a perfectly normal person. Marjorie just happened to be a little bit crazy. Mm-hmm. So, always won. Um, as because she is a perfectly rational person, <laughs> she married extremely young at the age of 19 to a guy named Dick Leroy. Dick. Dick Leroy. And during their marriage, she was she kind of started her habit of being a very impulsive spender. Like one time she even purchased a whole ass house (laughs) because she decided she liked it and she wanted to live there instead of their current house. And she only told Dick after she had put down like a promissory note. Wow. We don't do that. And then, <laughs> and, then and then she was basically like, well, I did it. You and my mom can bail me out now, which wow. they did. Which they did. Her mom sent the money to kind of out of the Congdon Trust to take care of like the down payment for the house. And she that's just what she did. Like right. she would buy expensive jewelry for herself, like fancy dresses, expensive evening wear. And she would just, like, use her last name because they lived, They still lived in Minnesota, so people knew who the Congdons were. Mm-hmm. So she would just be like, oh, yeah, da-da-da-da, I'm Marjorie Congdon Leroy. Put it on and the tab. S- yeah, huh. so they would just kind of, like, trust that it would get paid. Right. So then they would go to either her husband <laughs> or to her mother and be like, oh, and then it would get paid. Oh. Oh. And she, <laughs> <laughs> she kind of decided that her kids were going to be ice skaters because she wanted to be the mom of a kid who I, who was like what? a famous ice skater. Okay. Yeah. So she spent like thousands of dollars on like fancy ice skates and outfits for her children. She had, by the way, her and Dick had seven fucking children. Jesus. Oh, wow. No wonder his name's Dick. No wonder. Yeah. Seven children and all but two of them, I think where we'd do like ice skating and like there are like two or three of them who are really good at it but like she like they never wore the same outfit twice like they were there at every single practice like she was that but she didn't like have the money for it because Mm. this was like the 40s or 50s when like she didn't work she just kind of expected that the trust would bail her out um, and she also, one Christmas, uh, Christmas 1968, she decided to buy a horse for every single one of her children. Oh, my God. Without telling Dick first. What? What a crazy lady. Yes. Sounds like me and like, millions. How did they I, stay married for how many years were they married? Not long. <laughs> I, mean, as well as, I mean, but to have not seven long. kids, you were yeah. obviously married for at least seven years, but they that's were, too long to be married to a woman. Um, they were married for 12 years. 
They were made for 12 years. Um, because I have it written somewhere. Um, but yeah, like she and she got at least one of her daughters into like horseback riding competitions. What a crazy so person. I feel no, it was two of her daughters because she she bought like dozens of pairs of like these custom boots which cost over $100 a piece wow. for her daughters to be, like, to wear. while Yes, no, impulsive spending habits, like, crazy. <laughs> and it and she also would do the shit that every, like, person who's addicted to spending money is, where she would, like, buy stuff, and then a week later she would be like, wait, I don't care about it anymore. Mm. So she also would only get, like, brand new appliances and decor for her house. Like, what? she would only decorate with, like, the best shit. Um, yeah, she's damn. Yes, Goodwill's my best friend. Um, it literally <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. Um, it literally got so bad that the other members of like the Congdon Trust, because they the, they were a pretty big family, and um, I think it was three of the cousins of Marjorie's cousins who ran the trust, and it got so bad that they were like, um, we have to put stipulations in place to keep this woman from taking any more money, and Elizabeth is not allowed to right. like sign off any more money to For this woman real. so yeah obviously like it got to the point where dick was like i can't do this anymore obviously. like i can't do this i can't deal with it and then unsurprisingly because of what little i've told you guys about marjorie before this shouldn't come as a surprise but she basically like convinced all seven of their children that he had abandoned them and he didn't care about them and he was trying to take away all of the things they liked and they wanted her, he was forcing her to sell the horses and get rid of this and get rid of that. So it took him years to like rebuild a relationship with his children. That's so Damn. shitty. Yeah, yeah. Um, so and she, um, one of the things she did is <laughs> when she didn't have like access to the trust anymore, she would basically not take money from her kids, but she would do shit like. Because all of her children were considered, like, um, hold on, I have it. Uh, oh, all of the kids were benefactors of the Congdon oh, Trust. Yeah. So her, their dad would file tax returns for all of them. And when the tax returns came, Marjorie would just take them. Wow. Yeah. God. And, um, so she did it. Yeah. Shortly after the divorce, there was a life insurance policy that Elizabeth had purchased for all of the children. And... Um, they received payouts for it because it was paid in full and only two of the children received their 40 grand check. The other five were forced by Marjorie to sign over the check to her. So basically she goes on. Listen here, okay. Liz. That, spoiler alert. I'm just saying. <laughs> oh, so I was right. <laughs> Liza, you're fired. You're fired. Listen, I'm sorry that I'm so good at this. Yeah. <laughs> so at the end of... When, at the it was Marjorie <laughs> in, the, in the foyer with the candlestick. It was, it was Marjorie to be in the fair, mansion with to the be candlestick. Fair, Marjorie was in Colorado when it happened. So mm-hmm. Do we have proof? Do we have receipts? Yes. Listen here. Yes, just listen. Sit back I'm and enjoy excited. the ride. This- I'm too excited. <laughs> um, so at the end of her first marriage, like in the divorce proceedings to Dick, to Dick like he puts into the divorce proceedings that she spent a million dollars in 12 years. Which is nearly $8 million in today's money. Yes. Just on, just on shit. Just on frivolous shit. Um, A house. Horses. Seven horses. Yeah. So a million dollars in 12 years. And I'm sure she was one of those people that was like, 
reupholstering the couches every month for fun and like getting new drinks yes. every season. What a crazy person. Is she real like it Oh <laughs> um and then so five years after her divorce from Dick, Marjorie met a man named Roger Caldwell oh. and basically married him almost immediately. Like they met <laughs> at like a group for like uh, I think Alcoholics Anonymous. Damn. Either Alcoholics Anonymous or like a singles group. So they met there, literally go home together that night, and they're married like two weeks later. So like immediately. And then um, they live in Colorado. They moved to Colorado um, because I feel like her reasoning for it was her youngest son, Rick, had asthma and she was like, the, the weather in Colorado will be better for his asthma. Although she literally spends like so much time trying to convince people that his asthma is like like he will die from it when in reality he's just like oh sometimes it's hard for me to breathe but like Ooh. otherwise i'm good but she convinces people that like he needs a special house for it and da 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 it's it's a thing marjorie spends a lot of time trying to get money from the trust for ridiculous shit like she's like i need seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars so that i can build a special house for my asthmatic son and they're like, I don't think that's real, Marjorie. Maybe you should go back to Colorado. But the fun thing for me is when, like, as soon as they move to Colorado, like, they both just, like, become Western people. Like, Roger what? is literally known in their little town of Golden for wearing just, like, a fuck ton of turquoise jewelry mm -hmm. all the time. And they, of course, because Marjorie's obsessed with horses, they buy a ton of horses, which they can't afford. And they are consistently behind on their payments to the stable that's, like, boarding their horses. And every time, the person who's boarding their horses has to basically be like, if you do not pay me money, I'm going to sell your horses. And then they're like, oh, no, here's money. Uh, oh, no. And, wow. like, it doesn't matter how bad their money problems get. They ref Marjorie refuses to sell horses. Like, they, wow. it's not even on the table. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, Roger like didn't work. He had right. he got what? a disability check that was like I think ninety five dollars a month, and then she got monthly payments from the uh, the trust. But that was it. Like they did not work. They just spent money and wrote a ton of bad checks, and wow. then they would pay the next bad check with another bad check. So she was really good at spending money and writing bad checks and terrible at actually paying her bills. Wow. And just an FYI, um, she was aware that based on uh, the fact that Elizabeth was, like, the last of Chester Congdon's children, mm -hmm. when Elizabeth died, Marjorie knew that she would inherit $8 million mm, as her daughter. There you go. Yeah. Um, and right before Elizabeth's death, um, Marjorie, Roger, and their youngest, well, her youngest son, because he wasn't Roger's son. Marjorie's right. youngest son, Ricky, from her first marriage. They had been evicted from the house they were living in in Colorado because, surprise, they weren't paying their bills. <laughs> and they were living in what what is essentially like an extended stay hotel. Wow. And her cousin, Tom, who was one of the people who handled the trust, had to actually go to Golden, Colorado and put money or give money to the hotel so that three of them would have a place to stay. That's the situation they were in before the murder happened. The murder. So, as it always is, 
in cases like this because this literally reads like a fucking murder mystery. So Velma Patella, who, if you've forgotten, was the night nurse. Velma she, Patella. She was not supposed to be at Glen Sheen the night of the murder. Oh. Awful. Yeah. So she was technically retired. She had worked um, in at Glen Sheen for many years and she'd retired and her and her husband, Lauren, um, were planning like all the trips they were going to take since they were both retired. And this was the only reason she was there is the usual night nurse couldn't make it. So Hazel Conger, who was like the maid and the person who was kind of like in charge of the mansion, had asked her if she could come and do just like one more. So sad. One more shift. Yeah. So she wasn't even supposed to be there. Melms. I know. Patels. (laughs) Patella. I they were said Norwegian. Patels. Velms Patels. So yeah, she's like this big, like sixty-something-year-old Norwegian woman, and yeah. So, on the morning of the twenty-eighth, when Hazel Conger went to go and unlock the door at Glensheen to let the morning nurse um, Mildred Garview in, uh, yeah. This was when Use Mildred names. was. This is when Mildred was like still a name that women were named. <laughs> um, so. She noticed that the chain for the door and the bolt lock weren't done, which was very unusual because every single nurse had, like, a routine that they were supposed to go to. Like, the nurse who was there from, like, 3 to 11 was supposed to go and make sure every single window was locked and check all the doors to make sure, like, the outer doors were locked. And then they would let the night nurse who got there at 11 in through the front door and then the night nurse was supposed to like lock the door behind them Mm -hmm. so it was very like structured and of course someone like Velma who had worked there before would be aware of this but they just assumed she forgot to lock it Uh, so uh, Mildred Garview got Elizabeth's insulin because the first thing that they would do in the morning is deliver her her insulin um out of the fridge, talked to the chef who actually, the or the cook, who actually lived on the premises, but didn't Ooh, hear anything. Sketchy. Yeah. Well, there's like 39 rooms, and also I'm sure yes. like the outside is huge yeah. too. So like the cook lived on the premises, but and she remembered her dog getting up and barking between like two and five a.m., but she didn't think anything of it, and she had no idea what had happened. Mm-hmm. So Mildred gets the insulin and is starting up the stairs and when she starts up she sees a pair of bare legs just kind of dangling on Mm. the landing so scary and initially she thought that either velma was taking a nap on the stairs on the 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 stairs (laughs) is that something velma did sometimes though that (laughs) stair landing carpet is really squishy because no one uses it Mm -hmm. i take naps there if i had a landing (laughs) i would (laughs) or um that she had just kind of like fallen right you know because she was an older woman um sorry i'm getting really sad Uh, so then she kept going up the stairs and noticed blood crusted on the carpet and that's when she noticed Velma's body, which was kind of like on like one of those like window seats. She was like half on it and half like off of it. Like she looked like she had either fallen there or kind of been thrown there. Oof. And there is a pool of blood around her head. Yeah. Um, and then she checked 
pulse for some reason just to see but you never she know. didn't know she so at this point she kind of like freaks out and she's like oh my god miss elizabeth so she runs the rest of the way up the stairs to see what state miss elizabeth is in and usually uh when she would get there because she was the normal like morning nurse Mm -hmm. um by the time she would get up to elizabeth's room elizabeth would already be like waking up and getting ready and like greeting her for the day but Mm -hmm. the room was dead silent oh gosh she just like saw her lying flat on the bed with the pink satin pillow like on her face (gasps) still on her face still on her face and the room was ransacked like drawers were pulled out jewelry cases were like tipped over like it was obvious somebody had been through here Mm -hmm. and so there was like flecks of blood on the pillow and when she picked the pillow up, her face was purple. Oof. So she like she was like, I don't even need to check for a pulse. I already, I already know. That's so so then she runs back downstairs to tell Hazel about it. And the two of them decide not to tell the cook because the cook had heart problems and they didn't want to like freak her out. Wow. So they go and like call the police and are like, hey, homicide of Glenshean. <laughs> Yeah. That is so nuts. So the weird thing about it is that every member of the Congdon family, like even Marjorie's own children, as soon as they found out that Elizabeth had been murdered, they were like, Marjorie's yeah. involved. Marjorie's Hello, I 100% was. involved. I mean, everybody yeah, was. Really I thought for sure. <laughs> you were like, so she killed her mom. Okay. But yeah, Got it. Ev- <laughs> even like um, her daughter, Suzanne. It was either Suzanne or Suzette. It might be Suzanne. But she was, like, riding horses at the time. And somebody told her, and she was like, where's my mom? Because she probably did it. Right. So, like, yeah. every everyone was like, where was Marjorie? Da-da-da-da-da. She's involved. She's absolutely involved. No, yeah. So, like Renee said, it was pretty obvious to everybody who found out that Marjorie obviously had something to do with it. Right. Because... Roger and Marjorie were struggling financially because of their piss poor way of handling money. (laughs) Like it's um, and the police kind of took that. I mean, there were no other suspects. No. Like right away it was Marjorie. Um, But the motive, of course, was that Marjorie wanted that large sum of money that she knew she was going to get if uh, Elizabeth was gone. Mm -hmm. She was deaded. So, um, they they arrested Roger, though, right? Yes, because yeah, because they found oh my god, like, they didn't the evidence, arrest Marjorie r- uh, right away. No, they arrested Roger yeah. because they found a receipt in their hotel room mm-hmm. from the purchase of a bag at the Minneapolis airport on the morning of right. the murders, and then they found a suede bag which matched the description of the bag that was purchased at the airport right. in their possession. And then they found the wicker suitcase, which was like a smaller version of a large wicker suitcase that was from um, Elizabeth's. Right. Uh, from Glensheen. And then they also found a ton of her jewelry, like a ton of her jewelry. Jeez. And when they showed it to Marjorie, like they tried to like be like, hey, we found this in your hotel room here's your mother's jewelry that was mm-hmm. stolen from her. Do you want to tell us anything? And she's just sitting there like, oh, this is my mom. This looks just like my mom's yeah. ring. I had a replica made. This looks just like my mom's bracelet. I had a replica made. What? She, yeah, she a tried She tried to like person. get her way out of it, even though they knew that it was her. I mean, they knew, but 
they didn't have enough evidence to like arrest her right away and they had enough evidence to basically charge roger with Mm -hmm. everything wow so roger was arrested and charged and Mm -hmm. um his he was uh charged with murder and his trial began on April 10th, 1978. It lasted two months, mm-hmm. and the jury had um, deliberated for three days, and then they found Roger guilty of both Three murders. days? Yeah, took them three days, which, wait until you hear Marjorie's deliberation. Oh, Lord. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, Are you going to say something? Well, I was going to say, one of, the th- one of the things that, like, convicted Roger is they found in Colorado an envelope that was addressed to him that contained a like rare coin that was from Elizabeth's collection mm. and they found a fingerprint on that envelope which closely matched his and that was one of the like damning things from his trial right and then when they I mean... when they convicted him uh they were like do you have anything to say blah blah, blah. he's like they got it wrong <laughs> oh sure they did roger and he, like, he definitely, like, tried to, because there were times where he, like, wouldn't remember things, and he tried to play it off and been like, I'm right. just I'm just a simple alcoholic man who has Ooh. no memory because I've drank it all away. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah. And wow. here's, here's the thing that I, like, Marjorie <clears throat> did not visit him once when he was in jail. Right, which then you'll hear yeah, about. Like, she, <laughs> she wrote him twice to complain about her money troubles. But she did not visit him once, and she didn't yeah. come to any of his court dates, like, or any of the trial dates. Like, she was not visible during the trial. Other members of the family were, and, like, she just was completely absent during right. the entire time. Which, Roger, you should have known. Roger, yes, you'd still be alive today. Uh, Spoiler real. Um, what? What? Okay. <laughs> So, yeah, two months after the trial started, um, Roger was sentenced to two consecutive life terms. Um, Shortly after Roger was sentenced, um, in July of 1978, Marjorie was charged with conspiring to kill her mother. Her trial did not begin until April of 1979. And then two months later, um, two and a half months later, actually. Mm -hmm. No, three and a half months later. Sorry, I can't do math. Yep. Uh, July 21st, 1979, the jury deliberated for nine hours. Took three days for Roger. What? Nine yep. hours for Marjorie. It would take half an hour if I was in there. I'm like, you guys well, are idiots. Well, you ready for their verdict? Shut up. Shut up. Not guilty. What? Not guilty. And here you go. You want to hear something even crazier? The jurors threw a party for the for? not guilty yes. verdict. Invited Marjorie. Uh-huh. Because she would sit behind the uh the defend the defendant table while she's in court like knitting yeah she brought in a cake for one of the lawyers for his birthday one of the prosecuting yeah. lawyers and he was like I'm not eating that so the jurors essentially were like just uh convinced that oh well she's, she's just, just like so a sweet, sweet little lady she's yeah what and she still remained like friends with them what yes. yeah so like what? one one of the things and the reason why the prosecuting attorney wouldn't eat the cake is one of the things that they were not allowed to include in Marjorie's case, for whatever reason, was an incident which happened a few years before Stop. Elizabeth died, where Marjorie brought some homemade marmalade <laughs> to Glensheen and like fed it to Elizabeth, and she got deathly ill. 
stop it the next so I'm day sure she was gonna poison the prosecutor yeah so he was like he knew about it but he wasn't allowed to talk about it in the case so when she brought it he was like no thank you i would God, not like yeah. your cake thank She's you very like, much it's marmalade <laughs> The main reason she was determined not guilty is the fingerprint on the envelope. Yeah. Because wow. they brought in another expert who basically said there's no way these are the same. And then the prosecution brought in another expert to look at it. And he was like, yeah, they're not the same. What? And because of um, the Brady Law, um, prosecutors have to give defense information that will help their case. Mm-hmm. So... They had this guy tell them. So the jury saw that this didn't match, and that's what got her the not guilty. And also, if I'm stealing this from you, stab me in the face. Also, um, was able to get Roger a new trial. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, four years after he was uh, convicted, he was granted a new trial based on the new evidence from Marjorie's trial. Um, And he was actually released from prison um, after serving more than five years to await his new trial. Um, and here's, um, once again, a, a funny thing, <laughs> funny, crazy, bitchy thing about Marjorie. Oh, um, her legal troubles are not over. Oh. Oh, God, no. On March 20th, 1983, Marjorie Caldwell was charged uh, with bigamy oh. in North Dakota. Yep. Because she married Wallace Hagen, Hagen in 1981, which Roger claimed they were never divorced. Yes. So she got married she in North ne- Dakota to this man. Yeah, she never divorced Roger. Never divorced never Roger. Gave her a divorce. And she she was mm-hmm. charged with this in North Dakota, but because she moved back to Minnesota, North Dakota was not going to extradite her. So unless she came back to North Dakota, she's just never yeah. going to get arrested. They for were just it. like, don't ever come to North Dakota ever again. So what? And Wally's um, wife died under mysterious circumstances yes. because she had Alzheimer's. And she was put in a nursing home, but they estimated she would probably still live another eight to ten years. Mm-hmm. Um, Marjorie went and fed her some food she had brought, and mm. the next day she was dead. Mm-hmm. And these people were like, "Oh, not guilty." Yeah. So I actually, fe- I actually started to feel bad for Roger for all like the like I feel I like he was probably super manipulated by Roger. Marjorie. But um, in 1983, he agreed to a plea bargain of second degree murder, but he didn't have to serve any more time. Good. Yeah, so he only so, served five years for brutally yes. murdering two people. And oh, once again, yeah, the bigamy is not the only other oh my God. legal charge on Marjorie's Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, in 1982, a house in Mound, Minnesota, caught on fire. And two mm. years later, Marjorie was charged with arson and insurance mm. fraud in connection with a fire. She was sentenced to two and a half years in prison. Mm-mm. And, like, she basically was just running around, and every time she got tired of a house or if she wanted to buy a house and she right and she didn't have the down payment for it ready she would just like set it on fire yeah because then in march on march 24th 1991 marjorie was arrested in arizona for trying to burn her neighbor's house down yes so basically (laughs) like there was a rash okay so one of the houses she burned 13 house fires what one of the houses she burned down in minnesota was the cranberry house and it was like over a hundred years old it was basically a historical landmark and she, her and Wally had sold it to another couple, but they still owed money on it that they had to pay before the couple moved in. Yeah. And miraculously, the day before the couple was going to move in, the house caught fire. Oh, what a crazy yes. coinkity. And then, yeah, like in Arizona, there was just like a rash of fires. Like it was like firefighters were genuine, genu- 
genuinely worried because it was like every day there was another fucking fire. And this bitch got caught because the house. So it was like her house where her and Wally lived and then a house and then the house next to it caught on fire. Mm -hmm. And then like Katie said, the next uh, a little bit later, her neighbor who was like a border she, she guard didn't, she person. wasn't able to actually burn that house down there yes. she just got caught trying to she got caught trying to which she shoved a kerosene soaked rag in his windowsill and he was like okay i'm just gonna call the police <laughs> and we're gonna sit and watch you try and do this so but listen she was sentenced to 15 years in prison for the for this uh for the for arson the fires yes but um <clears throat> she asked the judge if she could please have 24 hours before she actually has to start that prison sentence because she wants to take care of her ill husband wally Mm -hmm. um but then all of a sudden wally dies yeah she's suspected of killing him but it comes to find out suicide a drug overdose yeah or so they say yeah what a crazy person and why does no one know about her which let's talk about i have no idea poor roger though season about her on american roger roger ended up uh committing suicide he actually did. Okay. He did. Um, he, did. He, did. He, he did. So his life, I mean, to be fair, he did murder, like, an he did, yes. woman. He did, yes. fucked up. You shouldn't have done that, Roger. Like, but you got involved with a manipulative yes. bitch, which, sorry, people, you get involved with manipulative people, mm-hmm. this is what's yeah. going to happen. Like, one of the stipulations of his plea deal for him not to serve any additional time was he basically <laughs> had to go on record and be like, this is exactly how I did it. This is exactly what I did. Step one, step two, step three, step smother. Like, basically, so they do have it on. Yeah. Although, like, they would ask him questions, and he would just be like, oh, I don't remember, or oh, da-da-da. And they were like, you know you have to tell us everything, because that's how you, that's how your plea deal works. So, after it happened, he basically moved back to Latrobe, Pennsylvania, home of Rolling Rock. Woo! Because that's where he was from. (laughs) And, uh. He, it was very difficult for him to get work because he's Roger Caldwell. Mm -hmm. Like, people knew him. Right. And he was also an alcoholic. And he became a, he became a bartender and relapsed almost immediately into drinking. And, uh, yeah, then he just got depressed and drank himself You want to know how many people attended his funeral? Yes. (gasps) Oh. It's it's very sad. It's very sad. Nine people. (gasps) Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Nine people attended his funeral. Yeah. That's so it's upsetting. He, but once again, he did do something very horrific he, and awful. Very horrific and awful. Um, but, but also, Roger. like, but let's, he, Roger. Let's continue talking about Marjorie. Oh, goodness. Um, after serving nine of the 15 years of her prison sentence for the arson, mm-hmm. she finally had her first appeal hearing, um, which two of Wally's kids and two of Marjorie's kids were present at the hearing. Um, and they requested that her parole be denied mm-hmm. because Wally's kids were very convinced that she killed Wally. And um, their mother. And, and their mother. They killed, that she um, killed their mother. And also her kids just, I mean, she she screwed them over after Elizabeth died. Mm-hmm. She They had a big oh, fight over the that's inheritance. Right. That's right. She, they what? Did, they did. Yeah. So, yes. Yeah, so after Elizabeth died, when, when Marjorie was trying to collect the money, her kids all but um, her son Stephen and her son Rick, the other five of them, sued her mm-hmm. for the inheritance money because they said you can't 
in like the state of Minnesota, you can't collect inheritance if you are charged with the crime. Yeah. And they won. But shook. But she still but, I mean, they no, still they got still screwed. they yeah, she they they had to pay her forty million dollars. Was I don't remember reading I, that. I think I mean that's what I read today. Oh, okay. They, they had to pay her like forty million dollars every what? Oh no 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 no! She she got like no she got like ten like maybe What's that? I think it's four million. She got no. forty grand a year. Forty from grand. from the inheritance. Okay, so that's that what was, was that yeah. was a stipulation because Jesus because I remember reading that and being like, and she can't like bitch. That's what I live on. <laughs> like like forty grand. That's plenty, especially yeah. in like nineteen eighty money. Oh hell yeah. You're basically Patrick Bateman on 40 grand a um, year. <laughs> so she was denied that early release. Okay, good. But on January 5th, 2004, Marjorie was released from prison after nearly 11 years behind bars. But wait, there's All more. All you can hear is like a creepy children's song there playing in the background. There is more to this crazy bitch. So I'm much scared. more to this crazy bitch. Okay, 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 tell me. Um, Well, here's one thing. <sighs> She had a friend named Roger Samus. 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 And in March of 2007, he dies. Yep, right after he signed over, like, power of attorney to her. But before they could even do a cause of death, Marjorie just had him cremated. And uh, tried to cash a check. Tried to forge his signature. So she was charged with fraud and forgery. Didn't learn her goddamn lesson at Apparently all. Apparently not get him to sign it first and then yeah, kill him. She didn't know. She didn't know that that um that the something like the insurance check or something, whatever she needed, she didn't know that he had to sign it. You yeah. have to fully do your research before you off she's someone. She's not very smart. She's not. She's Obviously not smart. Not. She thinks that she smart. is, but she's not. Which Pops is just pert at dumb. You might want to be. She's eighty six years old. She's still out there. She's still alive. She's still is alive. She in jail? No. She's roaming free with us, bitch. <laughs> yeah, because that's right. That's right. She got out in like 2010. Well, if you're listening, or Marjorie, something like that. I am broke. But, <laughs> okay. But yeah, like she lives in Tucson, Arizona. And, All right. Uh, we'll stay far away from Arizona. And I actually really want to go. Here's, okay, here's, the fucking, <laughs> here's the fucking kick. Like this to me, like this, anyone thinking about getting involved with Marjorie Congdon. So the lawyer who basically like did all of her cases, did all of her cases in Arizona to try and get her set free, handled her, like, early releases, um, picked her up from jail when she was released, helped her find a place to stay after she got released the second time. Wow. So how does she repay him? No. She Murders fucking him. No, sues him because <gasps> he, loses, he loses his license because uh, obviously he's a scumbag because he's willing to help out Marjorie Congdon. But he loses his lawyer license because I'm pretty sure he, like, got caught uh, with one of his clients. What? Yeah, it was something illicit. And then she, like, jumps on the Sue bandwagon and accuses him of mishandling her funds. Yeah. So she just wants money. Like yeah, why she should have just married a, a goddamn sugar person. daddy. Like what is she doing with herself? They didn't have if, seeking arrangements. You know back what? Then. It doesn't <laughs> matter. They had ways they had, to go uh, and paper. get her. Oh, put it in the paper. She paper. had money. She could have gotten herself a man who had money. Right? Like she should have found or if you she really wanted money, she should have gotten anything. herself a goddamn Hugh Hefner back in the day who had money and was dying. Do an Anna Nicole Smith. Yeah. Right. Just, and there you go. Just spread your legs and collect that coin. 
She tried Hello. that. She tried that seven times. Turns out Dick Leroy didn't have that much money. Damn Dick. <sighs> All he had was his dick. All he had was his dick, and he used it seven times. Probably more than seven. Seven times. I don't know. Crazy bitch like that. I just, I mean, you could go one of two ways where she's like she's extremely into the sex, animal. or she's just like, don't touch me. Don't touch me. I just want money. Unless your dick <laughs> is going to have money flying out of it. Don't touch me. Do you yeah. come dollar bills? That would be so nice. <laughs> that would be painful. Richard. Like for the guy. Like for the guy. Can you imagine just like paper coming He'll out of your He'll be fine. Penis? So um, <laughs> for all you people out there, just um, <laughs> avoid. Um, let's see. Marjorie is. <laughs> she was nicknamed. She what? Was, when she was in jail, she was nicknamed the frog because of her appearance. God. That's oh, awful. Damn. So if you live me, in Tucson, I'm gonna look her up. I wanna see if she's ugly. If you um live in Tucson, Arizona, be on the lookout for a frog woman who knits. Also, just be on the lookout for any manipulative woman who is just constantly buying her seven kids horses when she doesn't even have the money. If you know this bitch <laughs> cannot afford a goddamn Starbucks drink, but she's buying horses for her children. Mm -hmm. You need to run. If you or someone you know has Is been affected by. Yeah. Okay. Well, sorry. Oh, she not... was ugly. Yeah. Well, Is. She's still alive. I mean, she wasn't bad looking she when she was younger. But, you know, doing all that running and. Yeah. Keeping all those secrets does a lot to your body and your face. Look at her mugshot. Yes. That's a nose job for sure. Oh, yes. Dude, so like, oh, one of the things she did during Roger's trial is she went and told, she went, this is Marjorie. Yes, that was when, okay, so, so I have so many stories about Marjorie Congdon. I was obsessed with her for like three weeks. Um, So yeah. that was when, um, during Roger's trial, she claimed that um, a man had broken into her hotel room who looked suspiciously like prosecuting attorney John DeSanto <laughs> and attacked her with a razor. What? Yes. And so she had all these cuts on her face and like her shoulder and she went to the hospital for it. And the person at the hospital was like, these are definitely self-inflicted. Like, there's no defense wounds or anything. These are definitely self-inflicted. But she would like show she went to the newspaper with like her face bandaged up and was like, I want you to photograph this. I was oh attacked. But what she did, what else she did during the trial is um, she went to the Congdon Trust and was like, I have cancer and I need money for my cancer treatments. It's and my cancer like, check and I need it now. <laughs> and so what she really did is she went to a plastic surgeon and got a bunch of like nips and tucks done. That is crazy. And she tried to get them to pay for it. So I could probably talk for hours and hours about the absolutely ridiculous things that Marjorie Cong uh <clears throat> that Marjorie Congdon did because she was a fucking crazy person. Um, but I feel like Katie and Liz would probably strangle me. And I mean, yeah. While I'm into that. <sighs> I would She's like to. Already naked. I'd like to live to see another. Renee, season. Renee, no, close your legs. Oh my god, no. Put that cucumber away <laughs> immediately. Immediately, back to it. Let's <laughs> focus. Never mind. <laughs> well, all I only knew how long it takes us to record this. <laughs> like it's because we just love each other so much. It's hard. It's mm -hmm. hard. I just love you guys. Oh, I love you too. 
No, because we're, we're all three, like, cooped up and, like, <laughs> for, like, days and days, and then we're, like... We all have to be, like, on <laughs> at work, and we're, like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm, yep, I get it. You're only going to get married one time. Yes, spend $5,000, come back when it's time for your second wedding dress, bye! <laughs> like, that's, I mean, so, at the end of the day, I just need to come home and be ugly. So... I hope you guys were as enthralled with this case as we were. Um, if you want to know more, you can definitely read uh, Will to Murder. It is a fantastic, super in-depth book that goes over literally everything. And the two, um, well, the main prosecuting attorney and one of the cops involved in the case and a journalist for the Duluth News Tribune at the time of the murders wrote it. So it's uh, it's very good. I highly recommend it. Um, it's not exactly like summer beach reading. Mm-hmm. I think if you're going <laughs> to read it, it's like fall, winter, I can't leave my house reading. Mm-hmm. But that was where I got most of my information. I'm pretty sure everyone that listens is going to be like, oh my God, Liz, stop saying what? <laughs> every five seconds, I was like, what? what? <laughs> like it just kept getting crazier and crazier. Yeah. But wow. I mean, she did end up serving some time. Yeah, but Once not again, nearly she's enough. Running around and, free. And poor Arizona. Roger. All yeah, right, rich daddies, you know where to go. <laughs> not to her. If you want to possibly be murdered by some woman. Look, if you're ready to go and you got money, that's your girl. <laughs> yes. She's 86 now, though. If she's Ugh. still out there murdering people, God damn. I mean, Lord that's like, knows. Wasn't there like a 90 year old woman who was caught mm. recently or something like that? There's or a man. A man who no, I know, but I oh. feel like I heard about like a an 89, 90-year-old woman who's like running around murdering people and she finally got caught. That's I mean crazy. that's gonna that's gonna be me in like fifty years, y'all. So just be ready. I mean I'm personally am looking forward to it. If I'm still alive then. But no, there was that that old guy who just like they released him from prison because right. they said he was too old to like hurt anybody and then he like murdered a, a woman and her son. That's crazy pants. Yes. So anyways, on a better note. Uh, please uh, donate, buy us a coffee or a tea at coffee.com slash conspiracy podcast. Well, guys, thanks for listening. If you enjoyed that story as much as I did, feel free to subscribe on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, wherever else you get these things. Because I'm pretty sure we're on there. You can also follow us on Instagram at conspiracy podcast ATL and Facebook at conspiracy podcast. Tell and- us what you like. Tell us what you don't like. And eventually, Katie and I will be on Facebook and contributing. Maybe uh, one day they'll let me back in. If you guys can get your lives together, that'll be great. Well, they they think I'm still using my email from middle school, which I don't. I so. still do. I log in with my email that's like lpcschick88 at aim.com. That's how I log in Liz is really Facebook. 15 for all you creeps out there. <laughs> I have feet pics. For sale. Yep. You get a private Snapchat. Don't message any of us. Just message her. Just yep. Send me your info. I will send the feet. <laughs> Listen, I'm going to fund our New Orleans trip with my toes. Yes. That's fine. Okay, yes. Please ask Liz for the feet pics. Please send her the money. Let's do this. It's worth it. I've, I'm we want to see some guests. I'm looking at Liz's feet right now, and Hi. if I wasn't able to look at them, I might pay for them. Listen, and I got paid for this today. I'm not even Quentin Tarantino. I was just talking last night to Richard about how I could easily go and, like, get in real close with him and just, like, always wear open-toed shoes and then one day be barefoot 
And while he's rubbing my feet, I could just be like, <laughs> and then I my like feet that, would save the universe. I like that. That's your end goal. <laughs> oh, it's not like I'm gonna get Quentin Tarantino to pay me ten grand for a toe pick. It's make Kill Bill volume. I need Kill Bill three. I need it. I need Inglorious Bastards Part Two. I so. don't need that as much. Okay. I mean, yeah, but I really need Kill Bill three. Anywho, thanks you guys. Thanks you guys for listening. Thanks y'all. We love you. Bye. Bye. I would like to live. I just want to do God's will. Just to go. But I want you to know tonight that we as a people.